0: You God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in every life, God, in every home, God, in every household, Lord, that this new year will be a year of promise. This new year will be a year of blessing, God. This new year, whatever it holds, God, we give it to you, God, and we trust in you. It's all in your hands, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are with us, that you will never forsake us, that you've done it before, and you will do it again, God. We thank you, Lord, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Bridge Church. Well, it's so good to be with you. You can give it up. So good to be in the house of God with you. I'm honored to get to share the word with you. I feel that the Lord has given me a word for today, and it's a very pivotal, crucial, and important word for today, for starting our new year. And starting any year, right? Starting any day. Because God is doing a new thing. His mercies are new every day. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I refuse to be a victim of 2020. I refuse to let what happened be my identity. Amen? We're beginning a new thing, a new year. This is the perfect way to start it. So, if you would stay standing for the reading of the word, it'll be on the screen so you can read along with me. It's Matthew 15, verse 21. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The women came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, Jesus is the only one that can get away with that, right? (laughs) Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed six months late. Wait, wrong translation. Her daughter was healed three days. No, no, no. You read it? Her daughter was healed at that moment. At that moment. It's almost like what she said in verse 27 activated her miracle in verse 28. Today, I want to preach on the topic of get over it. Amen. Get over it. Turn to your neighbor as you take your seat and say, I know this message is for you. Okay. Amen. Get over over it. You can go ahead, get your Bibles out, get your notebooks, your phones. We are a note-taking church. Amen? We're a loud church. We love a good amen. 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 And last Sunday, we had an online service, and Joy Bruner shared about note-taking and how that impacted her life. And that was amazing to see the testimony of what note-taking can do. So the title, like I said, is Get Over It. Get over it. If you didn't know yet, or haven't realized it, we live in the age and the era of offense. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that? It seems like everyone everywhere is offended all the time. It's like victimhood has gone viral. Being offended is no longer a weakness, but being offended is a constitutional right. Like, oh, they did that to you? You're not offended? Okay, I'm gonna be offended for you, right? Everybody's offended. We no longer live in the USA, the United States of America. We live in the USO, the United State of Offense. Everybody's offended. Men are offended. Women are offended. The millennials are offended. Baby boomers are offended. The Democrats are offended. The Republicans are offended. Atheists are offended. And the saints are offended everybody's offended, it seems like. I don't know about you, but that's my perspective. It seems like everybody's offended. And I'm sure if you're under the sound of my voice today, you've been offended at one time or another, right? You know what it's like to have an offense. Do you remember that game Operation? This was before Fortnite and virtual reality, right? <laughs> My family got a virtual reality. It was so fun for Christmas. And that's a great way to get offended. I mean, right? And, and Christmas, holidays, that's a good way to get offended too. It's just a great playing ground for that. Um, so operation. Operation. Remember that game where the person was laying down and you had to be so careful with the tweezers to get the piece out just perfectly. And if you touch the wrong spot... It would buzz, and the nose would turn red, and that's us. That's you. That's me. When we get offended, when somebody touches just that one sensitive spot, right, our nose turns red. And we get offended. What do we do in the culture of offense? Our text today is in Matthew 15, the one that we just read, but in Matthew 24, the topic comes up because the disciples go to Jesus privately and they say Jesus how do we know that you're returning how will we know that the end is near and he responds and says there'll be earthquakes and diseases right there'll be wars and rumors of war and nation will rise against nation and you can get lost in the suspense and miss Matthew 24:10 where it says and then shall many be offended Many will be offended. He says, one of the blues clues that I'm coming back yes. is many will be offended. Wow, wow. Luke 17, 1, he talks about it as well. In Luke 17, 1, he says unto the disciples, It is impossible. Everyone say, Impossible. impossible. I know when the God of the impossible says something's impossible, wow. right? He says, It is impossible but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. He's saying offenses are inevitable. It's part of being a human. It's part of living on this earth. It's going to come. Offenses are going to come at you. But he said, you don't go around offending people, but woe unto who they come, right? Don't go around spreading offenses. They're going to come to you, but don't go around spreading them. The next verse he actually says, It's better to put a millstone around your neck and be tossed into the sea. And a millstone would be about the size of a washing machine, weighing hundreds and hundreds of pounds. So for them, that was a very visual imagery, to tie that around their neck and be tossed in the sea. So he said, don't go around offending people, but offenses, those are going to come, right? Offenses are inevitable, but he didn't say it was impossible to live unoffended. Which means we can live our life unoffended because there's a difference, right? There's a difference between an offense and being unoffended. The offense is the event. That's what happened to you. But unoffended is your decision. Being offended is the decision that you make. Offense says they did this to me, but offended says I'll never forgive them. There's a difference between the two. Offenses are inevitable, but offended is optional. You can live your life unoffended. So the question that I want to ask you today is what is your level of offendability? What is your level of offendability? And I've been waiting all week to ask that, and I can ask you that because I ask myself that. And I ask God that. I said, God, what's my level of offendability? And you know when you think you're, like, doing good? So I was like, okay, God, like, what's my level? Thinking like, you're going to say I'm doing great, right? And I said, what's my level of offendability? And he said, Allie, your level of offendability is too high. He said, I have so many great plans for you, so many things in store, so many ways that I want to use you, but your level of offendability has to come down. How much does it take for you to get offended? How much does that one person say, right? We all have that one person. I know, I'm with you. (laughs) We all have that one person. If they say the right thing on the wrong day, on the day you forgot to pray, and it gets to you, right? What's your level of offendability? And when Jesus said that my level was too high, you know what I did? I got offended. (laughs) I was so mad. I didn't talk to God for like a week. For real. I was like, what? You think it's too high? Because Jesus knows how to offend us. Jesus knows how to offend us because he's the way, the, the truth. That's it right there. The truth will set you free. The truth will also offend you sometimes. Jesus knows how to offend us. He's like, Spandex, toddlers, and drunk people, right? They're going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. (laughs) He will offend us. Jesus knows how to offend us. And if I may submit to you, if Jesus has never offended you, you may not have a relationship with him at all. Because he knows our innermost being. He knows what we're thinking, what we're doing, and that's exactly what's happening in the text here. A Canaanite woman comes, and there's years of strife, years of offenses, years of hurt between the Canaanites and the Israelites. Do you know how much courage it would take for a Canaanite woman to walk up to Jesus and the disciples? Why would she do that? She did that because her daughter was sick. Her daughter was demon possessed. And for all the parents out there, I know that you feel that. Don't mess with my kids, right? Don't mess with my child. I feel like those bridge kids are my kids. So I'm like, don't mess with my bridge kids, right? She comes to Jesus and she says, my daughter is demon possessed. I need you. She says, God, I'm tired. I'm done with this. I don't want to keep doing this. I need a miracle. Son of David, I need you. And what happens is she goes to Jesus, and Jesus hears her loud and clear. And he pulls out his phone. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't say a word. It's in the text. He doesn't respond to her at all. This is the offense of being ignored. The offense of being ignored. Ignored. Thanks, Bob. Everyone give it up for Bob. (laughs) Bob is going to, he brought me this ladder. We're going to use it today as an illustration. So that first offense was the offense of being ignored. Jesus did not answer her. Jesus did not say one word. He didn't respond. He ignored her. The offense of being ignored is so painful, right? Anyone been there? It hurts to feel like you were unseen, to feel like you were unheard. It's almost worse than being rejected, I feel like, because if you're rejected, okay, at least I know where we stand, right? Like, thank you, next. I know where we stand. But to be ignored, it's so painful. It hurts. And this woman was ignored. And it's hard because we live in a culture in a society that everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. They want their opinion to be validated, right? My little sister is 15 years old, and when I went home for Christmas, we went to a super nice dinner, you know, and she has her phone and she's texting. And she was texting her friend, and she has that notification on her phone where under the text message, if you open it, it says red, right? If you didn't know that, now you know it. It says read under the text message. And so her friend texted her and it was open. And then she was like, oh, my gosh. And she freaked out. She's like, she knows I read it. She's going to be so mad and she's going to be upset because we live in this world where everybody wants to be seen, right? Nobody wants to be ignored. We ask God, do you see me? Do people see me? Am I just overlooked? And this woman, she probably looked pretty crazy, right, to stay there when Jesus just ignored her and didn't say anything and didn't respond. Do you know how crazy probably that looked for her to stay there? And I want to tell you today that there is power in your persistence. Don't give up. Don't walk away due to the offense. Don't stop praying for that child. Don't stop praying for your miracle. Don't stop praying for your family. Amen? Don't stop praying because there is power in your persistence. And this woman, she stayed, and the disciples responded. Jesus didn't say anything, but the disciples responded, and they said, Okay, Jesus, Felicia's not going to leave. We need to take care of this. And he responded, and they said, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. After us. They didn't say your name, Peter, right? (laughs) They didn't say your name, John. They don't want you. She wants Jesus. She's coming for Jesus. But the disciples show us the offense of the institution. The disciples clearly demonstrate this for us, that sometimes the worst offenses don't come from Jesus but they can come from the people that bear his name. Wow. On, they show that this is the offense of church hurt, right, as they call it. The offense of the people of God, of people that are standing by Jesus. And they literally said, send her away. Don't, don't keep trying. Don't keep praying. Don't ask for any more help. They told her to leave. And they showed us that because Many of us are struggling with that. So many people battle or wrestle, have the church hurt, right? And they, we carry that for years and decades, and we never fully surrender it to God. And if I can today just speak to you and to your heart to know never project the nature of man onto the character of God. You can give it up for that. Never project the nature of man onto the character of God. They may have done it, they may have said it, and it probably was not right. I'm sure it hurt. It was bad and wrong, but it's not who God is. Don't project that character onto God. Give that church hurt, give that offense to God. Surrender it and lay it at his feet. Because God also has this uncanny ability to use the church to heal the church hurt, right? God will do it stay planted. This woman stayed planted. She stayed where she was. She didn't give up due to the offense. And because she stayed planted, God spoke. In the next verse in 24, it says, he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And what he's saying is, I'm not here for you. He said, you're an outsider. You're not my priority. I'm here on a mission. I'm here on an assignment, right? He said, God put me on this earth, and I know what I'm called to do. And Jesus said, you're not my priority right now. And this is the offense of insignificance. Insignificance. Because from her perspective, she could have said, okay, I'm insignificant. You don't see value in me, right? You said you're not here for me. You're here for the lost sheep of Israel. You're not here for me and feeling insignificant. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus isn't saying you're insignificant. Jesus is just saying that doesn't take precedence right now. He's saying you're not my priority. That doesn't mean you're insignificant. It just doesn't take precedence. Okay, I lost you. Okay, so what happens here? It's like if you were to go to the hospital, right, for a cut on your thumb and they're giving you a Band-Aid, and they're taking good care of you, and then all of a sudden somebody rushes in, and they're bleeding out, and all the nurses and doctors run to them, and you're like, okay, I see how it is. Whatever. It's fine. This hospital doesn't care about people. I see it, right? They throw you a bag of ice. It's not that you're insignificant. It's just that victim takes precedence. They're the priority right now. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, you're not my priority. This victim takes precedence. And this woman responds in a way that I don't think a lot of us would do. Probably not how I would respond. But this woman gets on her knees and worships. She gets down on her knees, and she says, God, I don't understand what's happening. I don't know why this is my situation. I don't know what's going on, but I will still worship you. I will still give you the glory and the praise. Amen. Because he's still worthy of it. Even though what's going on around us doesn't add up, it doesn't match, we've had offense after offense come at us. She said, I will still worship you. And I thought, though, the worship, right, would have gotten Jesus' attention. But he turns up the heat a little bit more. And he looks at her and says in Matthew 26, verse 26, it says, He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Jesus, (laughs) the compassionate Savior, right? Our loving Father, the Father full of grace and mercy he calls this woman a dog. And it's so crazy. There's cultural differences at that time. And if you were outside the covenant of Abraham, you were an outsider. So it was normal for Gentiles to be called dogs. So Jesus actually just kept with the culture and he called her a dog, something that she would have understood and been familiar with. And scholars say they defend Jesus and they say that he used right a different Greek word, he didn't use the Greek word that they all use, which meant wild dog, but he used a different Greek word that meant pet dog. So they say, oh, it's a pet dog. It's better, right? It's not a wild dog. And I'm like, it's still a dog. <laughs> he called her a dog. This is the offense of being insulted. The offense of being insulted. And that's our last offense. Oh. Well, I knew we would have one fall. The offense of being insulted. It hurts, right? It's painful. Have you ever felt like your situation was insulting? This woman probably felt that way. Like, how can I help other parents when my kid is on drugs? Or how can I help other marriages when mine is not doing well? How can I serve at church when this is happening on in my life? my situation is insulting, or just felt blatantly insulted. Maybe just straight to your face felt insulted. It's never fun, right? We laugh about him calling her a pet dog, but yeah. it's not fun, it hurts. The offense of being insulted is real. And at this point, if this was most of us, we've been ignored, we've been rejected by the institution, we've made, we've been made to feel insignificant, and we've now been insulted. At this point, many of us would probably walk away and say, that's it. Never mind. It's okay. Just forget I even came, Jesus. It's all good. And just walk away. But this woman doesn't do that. And I can imagine her in that moment start to maybe the wheels turn She say, okay, okay, Jesus. But then she thinks, wait, you call me a pet dog. They they say wild dog, but you called me a pet dog. There is a difference because a wild dog doesn't have a place. But a pet dog has a place. A wild dog scraps for food and doesn't have anything to eat. But a pet dog eats whatever the master eats. A pet dog, if the master is eating lobster, the pet dog is eating lobster. If the master is eating steak, the pet dog is eating steak. So it really doesn't have anything to do with a dog, but it has everything to do with who your master is. Amen. It has everything to do with who your master is. And I can picture this woman saying, okay, I'm not going to let the offense get to me. I'm not going to let it stop me from my miracle, from my daughter being healed. I won't let the offense of being ignored. I'm going to get over it. Amen? I'm going to get over my church hurt. I'm going to get over feeling (laughs) insignificant. I'm going to get over it. Amen? I'm going to get over it because the moment that you get over it it may be cheesy but your miracle is waiting for you it's waiting for you the moment that you get over the offense this miracle was here the whole time I just couldn't get to it because the offenses were in front of me. But the second I took a step and I stepped out and I said, I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to let it be who I am. My miracle came. And your miracle is waiting for you. Your miracle is waiting for you the moment that you get over it, the moment that you step out in faith. And please hear my heart today. I know when people say, get over it, that it's casually said to just let it go or it wasn't a big deal. And I know what happened to you may have been a big deal. It may have hurt and it's real and it was not right. But I wanna tell you today that what happened, it's just what happened. But you don't have to live in that. You don't have to live in the offense and live offended. You can live unoffended and walk in the freedom of Christ because God is giving you the grace today to get over it because he's living and breathing inside of you. And he doesn't want that, for you to walk every day offended, every day walking on ice, walking fearful. But God has more for you. And this is how we step out, we get over it, amen? And we can walk into that boldness. Because she would have never gotten her miracle if she walked away due to the offense. She would have never gotten her miracle. No wonder Jesus said, you have great faith. There's only two people in the entire New Testament that Jesus said, you have great faith. And she was one of them. Why? Because she didn't let the offense stop her from her miracle. If you would, just open your hands. I would love to pray over you today as we close service. God, I pray for every person, Lord. I pray for every house and every family under the sound of my voice, God, that they would leave this place, challenge and encourage God to let it go, to get over it, God, and just let that peace wash over them right now. Let that peace of God invade their hearts, Lord, knowing that you are giving the grace right now, God. Whatever they're offended by, whatever offenses are coming at us, God, we give it to you, God. We submit it at your feet, and we pray, God, that we can live a life unoffended. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give it up for the word so thankful to be with you today. You can stand with me. We're going to say our blessing, our declaration, and make sure to join us on Sunday for our 21 days launch. And I'm so glad. I just pray that today blessed your heart and that you really feel encouraged and challenged to live your life unoffended, to not let those offenses get in the way of your miracle, because God has so much in store for this year, for your family, for your life. He has a hope and a future, amen. So we love you, Bridge Fam. Let's say this together. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am the carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, we love you Bridge Fam. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected, because we are so much better together.